So, Sarah. Have you tested the audio yet? Yeah, I did. Oh. I did your whole story about saunas and then my response story about saunas oh. was, was our audio test earlier. <laughs> I should have saved Good. it. Oh, well, it's lost to history. Oh, uh, well. Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. So strangely, what do you know about Pilot House Season 5? Well, I know it stars my bestie, Sarah Shea. Aww. Uh, I think there's like a weird subplot where Strangely gets super thirsty at one point for <laughs> some character in a show. Yeah, we won't, we won't get into it. <laughs> Only one character? Only one. Uh, well, there was one in particular that was kind of surprising. <laughs> You'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but I also know that it was all recorded during what Pilot House affectionately calls a clump night. Yeah, that is the official terminology. And that it's coming soon. Ooh, is it? <laughs> oh, wait, I have to edit it first. Crap. So, yes, this season was recorded all in two little clumps. Uh, we knocked a bunch of them out, and now I am hard at work slogging away. Um, and we have a theme for this season, which we actually recorded a little thing when we were in the same room. Right now we're on the Zoom. <laughs> and we recorded a little thing to just talk about the theme. But we assumed it was going to be tagged onto the first episode of the season. However... Due to some scheduling stuff, the beginning of season five has been slightly delayed until April, but we wanted to get something out for you guys to kind of tease you and get you excited about the next season. So this is just a little framing device <laughs> to get you into our chat about the theme for season five. Strangely, are you ready? I'm so ready. Let's roll that clip. All right. Take it away. Past us. Sarah, before we get started with this week's season premiere episode, I thought we should take a little bit of time to explain our season theme to our listening audience. So I'm going to ask you a question. Go for it. I want it. you to answer me honestly. Shoot. Shoot from the hip. What do you know about the Nick at Night programming block? Wow, you really just added all the words possible to that. Could have just been, so Sarah, what do you know about Nick at Night? But you really had to be specific. Sarah, what do you know about the mid-1990s Nick at Night programming block on Nickelodeon, which was at night times <laughs> on Nick? Well, I'll tell you, strangely. When I was a kid, uh, I was fortunate enough to have cable, and we had Nickelodeon, which was the best. And... I also loved old TV shows already. Like I'd already, I think I'd already watched old TV shows on other stations. And then they started doing Nick at Night. And if you're not familiar, it was just a kid's TV station. It was like, we need stuff to, to air at night. Cheap stuff, stuff that's easy to get because kids are mostly not up at night. Right. So it doesn't have to be kids stuff. But it probably shouldn't be anything that's inappropriate for kids. And we don't need to, we need to not spend a lot of money on it. Oh, reruns of old TV shows from like the 50s and 60s. And and yeah. I watched so much Nick at Night as a kid. And 
I loved it, and I loved a lot of those shows, and most of them I have never watched since then. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting programming block because of it sort of turned a lot of these old TV shows. It was like kind of pulled all these things from the dustbin of history yeah. and made them into a very comforting, almost ritualistic thing for my childhood. Like it's it's no, it's no small wonder to me that the uh, the Scarlet Witch TV show kind of goes down this idea of old TV shows as emotional comfort, like an emotional mm-hmm. comfort place. Uh, for me though, we we didn't have cable. My family didn't have cable growing up, but for uh, two three years in the mid nineties, my parents, uh, the church that my family went to, my parents would go to a Bible study with the pastor's family and the pastor's kids. And a couple other kids and my sister and myself would all go upstairs and watch, just watch Nick at night. It was like, you know, we got there at 630 every night, which was like, if we, if we were there on time, we got the beginning of the monsters or whatever. And then it was like, I love Lucy. I dream a genie bewitched, you know, it was like this whole block of whatever those shows. And, you know, it's so funny that you said that you loved old TV shows before that, because I didn't. Like, I was very much like, I want the newest, shiniest shit yeah. constantly. Like, that's just... And I think because we were so outside of culture, you know, it was like most of my childhood entertainment was like old stuffy whatever that had been deemed appropriate. You know, like, here's a G.A. Henty book. That like, and it was just like, that's good reading for children. It's like yeah. the fact that that doesn't... that. I'm sure yeah, nobody, lis- no. nobody listening knows about G.A. Henty, but Never my God. Uh, but then it was like, suddenly like, you know, all the other kids were into it. And this also like as a homeschool kid, this, the experiences of being with a pile of children were few and far between. So it was like, oh, like we're, we're in the tribe if we watch the show. And so we, we did. And it was just like, I remember within like a week or two, I was so hooked. And it like, that became like the Thursday rituals. Like we're going to go watch all these shows. Like back to back to back to back and then it was like the monsters or the adams family or something was like the latest one in the block uh-huh. that sometimes if the bible study went long we got to watch that one so Ooh. it was like Ooh, i hope they go long like what are, what are they studying tonight exodus we're gonna have time you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it became such a, a cozy memory place for me and also like like you i haven't revisited any of these since then yeah uh at all like not out of any negative association like they were great it's just like you know in the 90s if you didn't see it when it was on telly like you would get a vhs of it or something but other than that like you were you you grow up you become an adult yeah you put away childish things yeah you you know you you, at night (laughs) but now that i'm a man i have taken on manly things like marvel movies oh god okay that's (laughs) Challenges things like programming intended for adults, and I now do adult things like programming originally intended for children. It yes. is, it's so bananas. Like, Hashtag millennial life. Right? <laughs> anyway, that thinking back on that and, and watching uh, the WandaVision show mm-hmm. earlier this year, it got me thinking about like how many of those programs are absolute smashing classics. And I was like, this would be a great season theme for Pilot House because... Yeah. We haven't watched a lot of these in a long time, and we know they're at least fun. Yeah. So 
I was, I just, like, we, yeah, we sat down and we None of these at, is going to be, a like, oh, secretly a total bummer. Yeah. I mean, maybe some of the pilots will be like, oh, more racist or sexist than I remembered or yeah. something. But there'll be, there'll be something in there that'll be kind of fun and comforting. Yeah. I mean, if, if nothing else, uh, I know we've got some great theme songs headed our way. Oh, yeah. Well, also, it's worth acknowledging that at the end of season four, when we did our finale, we talked about... The theme we thought we were going to do for this season, Mm -hmm. which was just cozy faves in general. And it was going to be, we just wanted to not watch shows that were going to bum us out, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're like, let's just revisit a bunch of things we know we love. Or watch for the first time something that a lot of other people really love, but it's like old. Right. And tried and tested, you know. So that was the idea. And that was going to give us more wiggle room to watch stuff from different time periods and different styles. But as soon as you suggested the Nick at Night theme, I was like, that would be really fun. It's the first time we've done a, th- a theme season that was this restrictive. Like yeah. the, the one we did that was that was a show from every decade, that was by its nature forced us to watch shows from a wide variety of time periods. And we ended up watching a lot of different kinds of shows. Mm-hmm. And then the, the meme theme kept us all pretty much in the present. Yeah. Even though it was a lot of different styles of show, it kept us all recent. So really, coming on the heels of the meme theme season, which, you know, season four, True Believers, uh, <laughs> it only makes sense to watch a bunch of old shows. Yeah. And rather than the theme just being old shows, Nick at Night gives us the perfect parameters and the perfect cozy associations with our childhood to, yeah, to create a, a, what I think is going to be a very fun season. So. Well, Sarah, shall we get to it? Yeah. Let's go watch some Nick at Night. Monster Monday, Lucy Tuesday, be Witch be Wednesday, uh, uh, Genie Thursday, and remember, welcome back, Cotter Friday. It's Nick at Night's a block party summer. Now, sometimes it was Monkey Mondays, and that was actually my favorite, but I, I don't know, I said Monster Monday because I think that was the first one, and I just wanted to go old school. So. Yeah. Wow, we were so young and innocent back then. Oh, gosh. Now, friends, you'll you'll get from the context that that was recorded before the robots came to Earth and became our new overlords. Um, <laughs> so, you know, take keep that in mind. We didn't know. Uh, but I think you'll enjoy the podcast anyway. <laughs> so now that you all know the theme of what's coming up, uh, c- could we tell everybody what our first... Uh, uh, Nick at Night themed episode will be Sarah. Oh, dare we? Well, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's fun to sort of like let people know what we're going to watch it a little bit ahead of time, and then they can go watch it, you know, and kind That's of have like a little bit of an after That's... show with us. That is an excellent point. Strangely, would you like to be the one to tell the folks what they should watch to get ready for season five? Well, I believe the way you referred to it in the episode was "Let's get ill." <laughs> Yup. I love Lucy. Oh. I-L-L. It's very funny. It's a hilarious joke. And a hilarious show. It it really is. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. So uh, keep, keep your eyes peeled. Also, since that's not coming until April, there might be a little something else that pops up in the feed before then. So, you know, just uh, keep your ear to the ground and your phone subscribed to us and your finger on the pulse your head in the clouds your feet on the ground 
I like to keep my ear on the pulse and my finger in the ground. How's that working out for you? It's it's. I don't get as much information as you would expect, but there is some. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know what? You do you, buddy. I can tell that it has not rained in this part of California for quite some time. Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell the, the, the people at home uh, what you're up to at the moment? Just a little, cause as long as we're here. Yeah. Uh, I'm in Fresno, California to perform at the annual Rogue Festival. And uh, I, I've, I've been a little timid about going out and doing shows again, obviously, but this festival is run by a lot of people who are very, very careful. And so there's like, even though California, the state has repealed some mask rules and stuff, this festival has not. And I think it's great. So I'm seeing some of our old friends uh, and that's exciting. But the thing I'm most nervous about and the reason we had to record an entire season as a clump night, Sarah, is that very soon I'm going to Norway. What? <laughs> uh, I got accepted for an artist residency. It's going to be weird to be not only away from like civilization, but I'm going to be on a tall ship up in the Arctic Circle where they don't even have the internet, Sarah. <gasps> no, surely no. <laughs> How would anyone survive? I I cannot wait to get into like that classic kind of fight that just doesn't happen anymore. We were like, I'm pretty sure it was Tom Selleck and Bob Saget in that movie together. And you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It was Tom Selleck and Burt Reynolds. And you're like, no, I'm pretty sure it was Bob Saget. And it's like, there's just no, there's no way to tell. So easy to mix those guys up. I mean. Right. Yeah. I'm about to go on a big, crazy adventure and uh, I'm definitely going to miss you. And I am going to miss like hanging out with all of our friends, but it's wonderful that we pre-recorded all this stuff because people can still hear me. I could still be yeah. around even when I'm not around. Yeah. Oh, I've, <laughs> I'm working on editing the season and I've already had plenty of you in my ears. <laughs> well, as much as I in... could possibly want. <laughs> <laughs> well, just in case anyone uh, hasn't had as much of me as they want in their ears, uh, time for a shameless plug. Oh, you hussy. <laughs> I am releasing a audiobook of Moby Dick unabridged all read by yours truly. Hold on, so, hold on. Strangely. Yes. Moby Dick? Yeah. Unexpurgated? Unexpurgated. <laughs> That's right, Sarah. Uh so anybody who is subscribed to Strangely and Friends the podcast, which is my solo less Sarah Shea uh uh, inflected podcast. It's still good though, guys. It's still good. It it it, it has its moments. <laughs> uh, on that podcast, I'll be releasing my audiobook of Moby Dick in roughly ninety minute sections for the next couple of months. Uh, so you know, it's like you can kind of do it at a reasonable pace, and you don't have to feel like it's a huge undertaking. Uh, yeah. I gave one of the one of the characters I read sounds kind of like JFK. Uh, another one sounds <laughs> kind of like Hunter S. Thompson. Why not? Uh, Why not? And uh, uh, the the narrator uh, sounds like me, so you know there's a there's a lot Perfect. to love. Well, I think this is a great <laughs> idea because now everyone can a listen for the very first time to a book that most people have not bothered to read unless they were assigned it in some sort of educational institution. So you get to finally actually experience this thing you've only heard references to. Uh, you get to experience it read by someone that you like. Is someone that is not around, and you get the additional frisson of excitement knowing that the person reading you Moby Dick is at that moment 
on a tall ship doing boat stuff. You can't get that experience anywhere else. I've, Sarah, that was an amazing uh, uh, pitch for my, my Moby Dick project. You're welcome. My brain just shut down when you're like, doing boat stuff. Like It sounds just like a little... Not dirty per se. It just sounds saucy. Like it's like we found them uh, down by the seaside, and they were doing boat stuff. Well, I assume when you do boat stuff, it is a little bit saucy. <laughs> well, my reading of Moby Dick definitely is. Oh. <laughs> oh my God! Can I tell you? I was listening to a podcast the other day, and uh-huh. someone could not remember the name of the movie Big Hero Six, which has like the white uh-huh. robot in it. And they said, "What's that movie with the big white thing?" And someone else says, Moby Dick? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, having just recently reread the novel, that is a very good uh, logline for Moby Dick because, like, there's an entire chapter on how big sperm whales are. Like, yo, they're really big. And there's another chapter entitled On the Whiteness of the Whale. Like, yo, this whale is particularly white. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Gotta get a whole chapter, just be like, look, I'm not just saying it was light in color. I'm saying this whale was so white, it buys pre-peeled oranges at Whole Foods. Well, I don't know. That's the best I could do. (laughs) This whale is so white, it spends time washing the Keurig cups individually, not for recycling purposes, but to use them to hold succulents in its office. Wow, that's a really specific poll. <laughs> I went for like what something people talked about on the internet a lot that was a complete non-issue. You went, you went, you, I feel like you know someone who has done this. <laughs> uh, I can either confirm nor deny as we are currently recording. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, you can tell me off mic. Well, strangely, you know, you and I could jibber jabber on for hours, but... Uh, shall we wrap this up and let people get back to their previously scheduled being stoked for season five of Pilot House? Let's do. <laughs> All right. And on that note, bye! bye! Look, a whale! <laughs>